from the Two 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 Paranormal Podcast. With your host Jen and Joe. Hello, hello. It feels so weird. I'm on the wrong side. I know we're on opposite sides. <laughs> we have to mix it up every once in a yeah. while, right? And I'll try something new. Something I know our different. listeners don't understand, but usually Jen's on that side of the table. Yeah, I'm on this side. But now that we're doing the recording with Doctor Sumner. I had to put the camera out front and everything. And now you're going to see all the ghosts walking through your house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, we have a great show tonight. Uh, we have Dr. Chris Sumner with us from Soul Sister Paranormal. Welcome. And uh, I'm so excited thank to have you so on. much. Welcome I'm to excited. the show. We're so excited. Thank you. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. So what's going on? What's Anything new? new? That's exciting. <laughs> <laughs> I have a, a feeling you're a, a vi- very busy, busy summer. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, we are going to have a busy summer. Um, we, uh, Jenny and I, just came back from uh, Milwaukee. We were there investigating uh, the Shakers Cigar Bar, which was very interesting. We were invited uh, by the owner of that establishment to come up and investigate and stay the night there. So that was a lot of fun. So we're going through all of that evidence review right now, see if we found anything compelling, and um, got a couple of uh, different projects that we're working on. Obviously, uh, the investigation videos we'll, we'll be putting those out, um, but also our landmark legends. Lure. Um, we've got two that we're working on right now, so that's a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, we've got some events coming up this summer. We've got some more investigations coming up. So it's actually, you know, we're we're in a really busy time right now. We're loving it. Like yeah. it's finally time to get back out there, be able to go out, investigate this investigation mm-hmm. that you went up to do. What are the claims that go on at this location? Well, apparently it's one of the most haunted bars. Uh, It's one of the top 500 bars in the U.S. And um, it was actually built in 1859 and it was built on a cemetery. Um, They just decided that Uh uh, this is the the spot we want. (laughs) We're going to put this bar here. And um, so they asked all of the family members, if you need to move the bodies of your loved ones, go ahead and move (laughs) the bodies. Um, But there were several that couldn't afford it. So they were actually, you know, there are actually bodies buried underneath Uh this this bar. Um, so it's a three story, it has a, a cellar and then it's got the main floor, which is the bar, which used to also serve as a speakeasy during mm-hmm. prohibition. And then it's got two floors above it, which served as a brothel as well. And uh, Al Capone and his brother actually owned it during prohibition. And they had a, le- a legitimate business in the storefront, which was a soda business. And mm-hmm. then the back was actually the speakeasy. So they did a lot of deals and stuff down there. So a lot of the reports are that, um, some of the spirits of the bodies that were in the cemetery are reported to haunt this building. Um, some of the uh, the madams from the brothel okay. are reported to haunt this building, especially one by the name of Molly. Hmm. Um, there were reports that she was actually killed, I believe in the 1920s. Uh, she was killed um, by, uh, by one of the bouncers there, hmm. and her body was never discovered. Well, in, in uh, I think 2007 or 8, and I, I may be butchering these years a little bit, um, in 2007 or 8, the owner, uh, the current owner was renovating, and they actually found bones in the wall. And oh. when they had those forensically tested, they were about 70 years old. Wow. So they believe that they actually found wow. the body of Molly in the walls there. So she said her to haunt the, the establishment. So it was just a lot of fun. Um, very welcoming. The, the owners and the staff were very welcoming to us. Um, pretty much let us have free reign of the building for the night. So that was interesting. And so I think, you know, we had some compelling personal experiences there. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I said, we're going through all 
of the audio and video uh, recordings now to see if we captured anything on uh, on any of any of that. What was the vibe of the place? Was it a menacing or was it comforting or was it just the normal run of the mill <laughs> spooky place? <laughs> well, it wasn't. It wasn't really comforting. The, the basement or the cellar area was a little bit. Um, I'm not going to say evil or, or really negative, but it was a little bit darker. Okay. Um, you'd go down there and you kind of sense something is a little bit off with it. Um, but uh, it, it was just an interesting building. You know, all the hardwood is original. All of the uh, the bar area and everything is original. Mm -hmm. So it was actually a fascinating bar to go into mm -hmm. just for the historical aspect alone. Mm -hmm. And, you know, even if we don't find anything paranormal or what we consider compelling, then, uh, you know, just the historical video is going to be so much fun to mm -hmm. do. And I, I'm yeah. really excited about that. But um, there was one instance where, uh, again, they allowed us to have complete run of the building. Typically, they only allow investigators to stay up in the brothel area, mm -hmm. um, but the owner permitted us to, to be on the, oh, the speakeasy nice. and bar floor as well as in the cellar. And so we were actually coming down, and the, the last bartender there, his name was Zach, and he told us, he's like, you know, I'll be here till about 3.30, and then I'm going to go. Mm -hmm. So we waited until about 3.45, and we went down from the brothel area, we went down um, into the bar area, and as I'm turning the corner... I, I see somebody, I, I legitimately see somebody standing there. So I turned to Jenny and I said, I guess Zach is still here. And when I turned back, I didn't see him. So I thought he went around behind the bar. And I said, Zach, you know, Zach, are you still here? And we didn't get an answer. So wow. that was an interesting personal experience. Um, I've got to go back through the body camera footage to make oh, sure Jenny amazing. caught that. But uh, it, like I said, it was a great investigation. Um, we did some filming for Landmark Legends and Lore up there as well. Um, mm -hmm. Some different uh, areas. Uh, we went to Bray Road and stuff like that. Oh, some different wow. um, haunted locations or reportedly haunted locations mm -hmm. or those that have an interesting legend. Um, so we really went around Wisconsin um, for two, two or three days. Days, um, just kind of filming and went over to uh, to Illinois and did some filming um, as well as Indiana. So that's those are all going to be um, in future landmark legends and lore episodes oh, as well. Cool. There's so much talk about Wisconsin just being so uniquely different for paranormal <laughs> cryptids, um, all types of strange. Yeah, a lot, a lot of cryptid activity. It's almost like hush hush. <laughs> like people don't want to talk about it, but like we want to know more. We want to <laughs> know more. And that's what we've heard as well, you know, listening to some of the guests that have been on the Ghost Biker Garage with uh, Miranda Young, you know, some of her guests are, are really into the cryptids and, and some of them do focus on Wisconsin. And, um, you know, to go through some of those areas, you know, like the Kettle Moraine and all of that, it, it, you know, you really don't think of Wisconsin as being that mm, wild, I guess I'll yeah. say. But when you go through some of those locations, it's like, okay. You know, I can kind of look out the window and see how a Bigfoot would be here mm -hmm. or, um, you know, a, a Brave Road monster. I can kind of <laughs> yeah, see that. Awesome. So um, just being there and experiencing it was just a, a blast. And to get yeah. to do it with Jenny was just awesome. Yeah, that's amazing. And Jenny's your sister, obviously, right? That's yeah, my, my soul sister, sisters. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's your twin? I didn't know that. Yeah, you didn't know. I, don't I, know. I didn't know you guys were twins. Oh, Joe, where have you been? Yeah, <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> Under <a> rock. <laughs> yeah, Jenny and I are we're twins. Yes. Oh, okay. That's amazing. So, as twin investigators, do you have any like um, shared feelings, or you know, they always say like twins have the special <laughs> bond, and maybe you can read each other's thoughts or finish each other's sentences. Do you guys feel the same type of spirit activity at the same time, maybe. 
Um, maybe, we do maybe. have a very okay. good bond, um, probably a little bit more so than than most siblings. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I, I talk to Jenny two or three times a day. I mean, we're, she's my best friend. So, um, you know, to have that connection, just that sibling connection is, is very strong. Uh, as far as using it in the paranormal, um, I think it does help us a little bit. I'm not going to say we're empathic or anything, but, mm -hmm. you know, we can look at each other and say and just kind of know what the other one's thinking, you know, what direction we want to go as far as techniques or, you know, try an EVP session or, or, or a different, uh, like I said, technique in the moment um, or just kind of get on the same same wavelength like that. Mm -hmm. um, but we really are in sync, really, because, uh, like I said, uh, the, the bond between twins is just something that's very special and unique. Mm -hmm. And I, I think we use that um, to some extent in our paranormal investigations. Yeah, I think that's interesting because when you investigate with friends, it's one thing, but when you're with family, it's a different level of trust. Like, you know that they're not going to let you, you know, uh, wander off or step into the well, fall in a well or Maybe. something, you know. Well, Joe Maybe. would let me. He's like, this, <laughs> this is the most annoying sister I have. <laughs> You've got two other ones, but they don't investigate. <laughs> no, and you're absolutely right, you know, and but on the downfall, you know, on the other side of that is you're not you're never going to kick them off your team either. that's true uh, yeah. so um but no my sisters because we actually started this with our younger sister michelle mm -hmm. so you know for the first two years um that all three of us would go on these investigations first three years and um so yeah just just to have these experiences like i said to to share those with jenny and with michelle um it, it's something that is extremely unique um i think in the paranormal community just because we do have that closeness yeah and it, you know what i think it would just save time too because you know what what each other is thinking you don't have mm -hmm. to argue about where you're going to set up the equipment mm -hmm. <laughs> like, that's what's nice about work. who's going to use like get your own k2 joe yeah. and that's what's <laughs> nice about working with the same people all the time yeah you kind of mm -hmm. you really do get the feel for what the other person's going to be doing yeah. and it's it's like the bond where you don't have to say a word you yeah. just know what everybody's going to do and that's right um yeah you've, got, you've cool. been all over i mean like I look at your page. You guys are everywhere. Ghost hunting, <laughs> investigating. I love it. I'm like so jealous. Uh, you know, one of the places that that I saw that you guys went was the old Southern yeah. funeral home, and I have so mm -hmm. many questions about that because <laughs> that's like my yeah. dream is to get into a, a funeral home. I, I don't know. It's weird, but whatever. Um, <laughs> yeah, you need to get down to Kosciuszko because it is a great location. Yeah. Um, the funeral home, and they also have the Attila County Jail, mm -hmm. which is about a quarter mile away. So that weekend, we actually investigated both locations. Wow. We investigated the, the, the jail on a Friday night and the funeral home on a Saturday night. Did you have the energy for that? Like, <laughs> I mean, like, I know it's exciting, <laughs> but it's like, you know, you, you could go to a location and get really drained. The spirits mm -hmm. would be taking all your energy. But um, <laughs> No, I in fact, both of those locations were extremely active. Wow. Um, the the Attila County Jail, we we got some great EVPs from that. Um, had a really cool spirit box session as well, and just some different things there. And then the the funeral home, it, it is a unique location to investigate. You know, it's different than an asylum or a jail or a penitentiary. It, it really is. Mm -hmm. It has a different vibe. Um, but I think the evidence that we got there was extremely compelling. Just for our listeners, can you just describe kind of the physical layout of this funeral home? Is it a large funeral home? Is it in the woods? Where's where's it located? <laughs> What's it look like? Paint sure, sure. So it, it, it's in Kosciuszko, Mississippi, mm -hmm. which um, it, it, I'd say a smaller town. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, it, it is on the outskirts of that town. 
Um, and it, uh, I think it ceased operations in the early 2000s. Okay. It has a large parking lot. Um, you know, it's on this side road, but it was still accessible to the town. Okay. Um, so it's something that everybody in the town knew that was there, obviously. Um, when you walk in, it's got a large lobby area. And then off to the right, it's got an extremely large chapel area. And that's where they would have the larger viewings um, when they had uh, funerals there. Okay. And then off of that, you've got two smaller viewing areas um and then there's a little uh, like i guess an office room and beyond that is is like a larger kind of like a little kitchen area oh, okay. i would say where you know you, they would have you know prepare food mm -hmm. or whatever um and then upstairs is the embalming room um it, it's rather large it looks kind of like a like a hospital room for lack of uh, a better term okay. because, you know, the way I mean, it's you walk in and when they closed this, they actually just shut the doors and left. So when you go into the embalming wow. room now, like the, the formaldehyde is still there. Wow. Um, all the embalming fluids, the embalming machines are mm -hmm. still there. Um, and then those items, those personal items that family members didn't claim. Right. So there's watches, there's glasses, there's wow. false teeth, there's, um, <laughs> you know, uh, different things there that 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 the family members didn't claim that were in that room as well. And then off of that room, there's a smaller office. And then um, there's a larger area where um, when you were going to pick out caskets for your family members, it was, it was where th they made the arrangements okay. for the funeral. So um, they would have this casket dis displays and all of that up there. Um, so it's, it's rather large. Um, you know, we deployed most of our equipment that night, most of all of our cameras and voice recorders. It's interesting they had the embalming upstairs versus in the basement. Generally, you know, <laughs> you take the body in the basement. Body and slide it down. Um, yeah, you know, a lot of places in the South don't have basements. Uh -huh. um, it, it, that's kind of a northern thing. Uh -huh. um, this did not have a basement, so I guess upstairs was the logical choice. But it's interesting because, again, you know, th they just shut the doors and left. Mm -hmm. So um, the, there was no movement on this elevator. Um, in uh -huh. fact, the elevator, um, and I, I'm, I know I'm not giving much away here, here, but Ghostbiker Explorations, Miranda Young was the first team to investigate there. Oh. And one of the things that she actually caught during that investigation um, was the sound of the elevator going up and down. Yeah, and yet that. it wasn't yeah. as it wasn't working. Um, so we actually captured what we thought was the same sound. Um, we had a voice recorder in the embalming room and the the uh, the elevator is right outside that room. Mm -hmm. And there's one point during the night where it sounds like to us the elevator is going up wow. and the elevator is not in operation. That's incredible. Did you get more activity or evidence in there in the rooms when you were in the room or out of the room? Both. Uh -huh. um, the most of it that we caught that night that to us is again was compelling um, was when we were in the room. Um, a, a lot of what we captured was also in the spirit box. And I know there's controversy about the spirit box, mm -hmm. but for mm -hmm. us, it is one of those tools that we use to validate other tools. And, mm -hmm. you know, sometimes the evidence that we get off of that is extremely compelling. Yeah. Again, um, you know, we we're sitting in one of the rooms and we said, uh, can you say one of our names? And through the spirit box mm -hmm. came Jenny. Yeah. Immediately, wow. it came Jenny. And once we were done with that session, we were actually leaving the room. And you can see us leave on the camera. And we leave the room. And the spirit of the voice recorder that was sitting there said it again. It said Jenny. Yeah. Um, so wow. we captured on the spirit box. And we also captured a disembodied voice saying that, saying her name as we left the room. That's and uh, so that was very extremely cool for us. I, I could not get over how clear the EVPs were that you captured in that room. I mean, they were answering dead on. Dead oh. on. Yeah. 
they were answering <laughs> every single question was a perfect EVP. I was like wow. getting blown away. Yeah, it, it was, a, a like I said, a very active night. Um, I would say spirit box wise, uh, after the Ma Barker house investigation that we did, I would say this was the best example of EVP um, evidence that we uh, uh, EVP through the spirit box mm -hmm. evidence that we've been able to capture. That's incredible. Yeah. Uh, did mm -hmm. it have a, a um, uh, like an, e I want to say an evil, but did it have a, um, a heavier presence in, because it was a funeral home and there were bodies of being involved and there were things left there? I, I wouldn't, I'm not going to say evil. Like none of the places that we've investigated, uh, have I ever felt evil or demonic or anything like that? Mm -hmm. I will say upstairs location of, of this funeral home. Um, it was probably one of the most creepy places that I personally have investigated. Mm -hmm. um, others may go in there and not feel that. But for me, um, when we walked up there and, and it was interesting because um, that weekend we, we actually went with Miranda from Ghost Biker. So she was doing, uh, we did the Attila County jail on Friday. Miranda did the, the funeral home and then we switched. Oh, okay. So she did the jail on, on Saturday and we did the funeral home on Friday. So when we went to just to say hi to her Friday night, um, when we went up to the embalming room, it was so hot. And in that area, I mean, it was really hot when we were in there. But our night, that Saturday night when we were up there um, uh, doing our investigation, I was freezing. Wow. And so that was a really stark difference just in a personal experience mm -hmm. from one night to the next. And the temperature, you know, the, the outside temperature didn't change. But yet um, internally, it was just so cold that night. And so that was extremely interesting. Um, another thing that was um, you know, I, I'm, I'm not going to say paranormal, but definitely a coincidence. Uh, as I mentioned before, the uh, there was a lot of personal items that were left in that embalming room. So mm -hmm. glasses, dentures, and there was a Timex watch. And it was laying on the gurney that was in the in the embalming room. And uh, we had a voice recorder in the embalming room. And I had made mention of the fact that this, this it, it had been closed for so many years, but yet this Timex watch on the gurney was to the exact date and time oh, wow. of that. Right. Wow. So I, I kind of focused in on it and I said, this is interesting. Cause you know, this is the time. It's, it's perfect time. <laughs> and, and so during the night uh, at midnight, the alarm on the Timex started going off. And oh, wow. when I was listening to the audio and going through evidence review, I came up out of my chair. Yeah. I, I like, can wow. imagine because this alarm is going off. And I asked the, uh, you know, Donald Martin, I said, has anybody else reported this Timex going off? And they have not. Hmm. So again, that was extremely interesting to have this Timex watch going off and yet nobody else has heard that alarm. Mm -hmm. So wow. extremely compelling. Yeah. I think that would scare the crap out of me too. Oh, for sure. <laughs> Cause you know, we're in these locations and we're trying to be as quiet as we can. Mm -hmm. And we're always saying like, well, make a sound or that. And then that thing goes off. <laughs> Well, bam. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Hello. Exactly. Oh, that is so interesting. Yeah, you just wonder what is what is attached to those items. Mm -hmm. Because, mm -hmm. you know. Or how many. Yeah. How many right. different spirits. Exactly. And that's another thing that you really have to can take, take into consideration with this. Because not only have the walls of the funeral home seen such sadness, mm -hmm. um, you know, because really not many people go into a funeral home happy. Yeah. Right. Um, so the, the walls themselves are really permeated with 
that that sadness, that emotion, right. um, and it's a quick release of emotion, right? So mm-hmm. it's it's one of those where you you have the the the, the sadness, the loss, the the remorse, um, and and so you also have those items that are up there as well in that embalming room. And I, I, to Joe's point, I think it just brings another sense of, of what is connected to those items as well as what's permeated in those walls. Yeah. yeah. Cause you think about the, like the uh, embalming equipment, mm-hmm. how many bodies has that touched? Right. You know, exactly. how many, and I mean, I, I don't, I guess they would clean them and disinfect in between people, but I don't know. Yeah. Even, yeah. You know, you don't know. I should I go ask know. our cousin Kim was, about that. Did you, when they just shut the doors, was there any like, okay, this is weird, but it, were there any bodies left in there? Any no, remains? no, there were no okay. bodies left in there. Okay, but good. I mean, there, there were some, you know, different, there were different notes, um, you know, mm-hmm. that were taken, like, you know, the autopsy of this person mm-hmm. and they had some notes on and they had the names and the notes of the autopsy wow. and all of that. So th- those were interesting to thumb through. Um, but, uh, you know, the, there were no bodies, but there were pictures on the wall. There were all, like I said, all the embalming stuff, um, tables, chairs, uh, different things inside the offices, inside the, um, the cabinets, inside the desks wow. and stuff like that. So it is a, a interesting place to go through. Um, Southern Paranormal is the team that operates both the Attila County Jail and the, mm-hmm. uh, the, the Old Southern Funeral Home. And they've done a tremendous job um, just really kind of not restoring it, but putting things in there um, that, that enhance the experience. So for for example, in that chapel, um, all of the pews were removed, but they have since put pews in there. Okay. Um, they have brought in caskets, so each of the uh, the viewing rooms have a casket in it, which again adds to that mm-hmm. that, right. uh, that ambiance <laughs> of the area. Um, so they've just done an amazing job. But uh, you know, it's one of those things again where I don't think that those things those are just really embellishments. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's it's the walls and the flooring and the ceilings that have seen so many things. That's where the spirit activity is coming from. I always thought it was so weird that we go into some of these places and like the hospitals and stuff where you walk in and like you said, they just shut the doors and left everything there. That's Mm -hmm. so bizarre to me that, you know, they didn't, they knew they were moving out. But they didn't take nothing. They just walked out, you know. Yeah, it it really is. And to thumb through some of those things, it's just incredible. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, so we're in that funeral part or, yeah, the funeral party. Did you think was the did most? Did you say parley? I think I did. <laughs> parley, parley. pirate. So, so me, matey. I was going to let it slide, Joe. <laughs> I, I, I don't. I don't let him get hey, away. At least my voice that. isn't squeaky like, like uh, Brady or whatever his yeah, name. Whatever. Um, but Go on no, with your question. Do you think there's a special hot spot, not temperature wise, but I mean a paranormal spot in that location that's worse or more active than the rest? Uh, for us, it really was that upstairs room, um, the the casket viewing area, okay. uh, which was again was outside the embalming room. You know, it was just one of those things where you just kind of felt a little bit different when you walked in. And like I said, to me, that was the probably one of the most creepy areas that I've investigated at, in, at any location. Mm-hmm. Um, and so just to kind of be in there, and, and it was just just a different personal feeling, if you will. Uh, downstairs in the chapel area, we did have some um, interesting K two hits down there as well. Uh, so that was very interesting. But for me personally, I would say the upstairs okay. casket viewing area. Right. Have you been there more than once or just that one time? Just that one time. 
Can we go back? <laughs> <laughs> Can I go with you? Yeah. Yes, come Take on. Yeah. I think it'd be a lot of fun. Yeah, for sure. I think sure. it'd be a lot of fun. And, and <laughs> sure. like I said, uh, Donald Martin from Southern Paranormal has just done a great job of really maintaining it. And uh, he's he's more than accommodating and welcoming to any team. Now, in all the places that you've been investigate, have you ever had anything follow you home? Have you had any activity in your house or home or wherever no. you stay? No, yeah. we, we personally haven't. Uh, you know, for us, when we go to these investigations, we say a prayer protection when we go in. We say a prayer protection when we come out. Mm -hmm. uh, we really kind of set the boundaries with regard to um, spirit interaction, if you will. Uh, you know, we say you're not allowed to touch us. You're not allowed to follow us home. Uh, if, if we give you permission to, you know, pull the pant leg, pull our hair, touch mm -hmm. our shoulder, that's fine. And, you know, it's one of those things that just for Soul Sisters personally, we really don't go in looking for dark or negative mm -hmm. or attachments. Um, you know, we really are there to tell the story of the location and of any spirit entity that may want to contact us mm -hmm. or, or get in communication with us that night. And so it really isn't a sense of, of you know, um, going in and looking for something like that. Mm -hmm. It's more really sitting down. And, and we say, if you watch any of our videos, one of the things we say is we want to tell your story. We're legitimately mm -hmm. here because we want to communicate with you. Mm -hmm. And I think because of that, it, we've we've really kind of built a respect, a rapport, if you will, with the spirits in those locations. So um, I think they respect the fact that they don't come home with us. Yeah. yeah sure. I think that's one really good thing about your videos um, that's different than a lot of other videos out there is instead of just going right into the investigation, you tell the story. <laughs> like this video about the funeral parlor, you told the whole story about the town and it was so interesting oh. that it actually, you don't think about how these towns start. Mm -hmm. And it was just a small little place where somebody stopped and decided to put up, you know, and then the railroad came in and it became a town. And this funeral parlor was one of the most, you know, important parts of the town. Yeah. And then, you mm -hmm. know, it closed and you guys are allowed in there <laughs> to yeah. hunt for the ghost. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, thank you for saying that, Joe, because that is really what is the most important to us, what we feel is the most important. You know, we, we get to have these really cool experiences in these really historic and interesting locations that a lot of people don't get to have. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, we get to have that tactile experience to go and put our hands on the wall of uh, the, a funeral home or the St. Augustine Lighthouse or Trans-Allegheny. And it's one of those things that we, we feel that in order to do justice to that investigation in the location – the, the history has to be told. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And yeah. it's one of those that for us, it's it's the most compelling part because it does, it, it builds as to why we're here or why we think the spirits are here. Um, and, you know, without that history, there would be no paranormal. Mm -hmm. So for us, the, the history is actually the driving part. And that's why, you know, I've, I've been doing the, the Landmark Legends and Lore series. It, it is to, to bring those um, those smaller legends those smaller um landmarks and the smaller stories um in you know really compact uh, historical narrative without so much an investigation but still give you that paranormal vibe yeah. uh the the you know the creepy vibe if you will and and so that's why if you don't want to sit and watch an investigation this this spinoff series is really uh kind of interesting yeah definitely and you're doing a great job at it it's, oh, it's um, so have you now, why do you feel that funeral parlors are haunted? You would think that, okay, usually it's where the person passes away or their home that gets haunted, but why do you feel that funeral parlors are haunted? 
Yeah, I think it kind of goes back to what I was saying before about there's such a release of emotion um, in these locations. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got family members, you've got friends who are coming in to, to pay their last respects and and that it really does kind of permeate into the walls, right? Yeah. That sadness, that sense of loss, that, that sense of mourning. And I think that energy holds and it it has the ability to hold spirits um and it may not even be somebody who passed through those walls it could be some somebody on the peripheral like a native american or something that is that is close to or on the land that the funeral parlor sits and so i think that's the reason you know it's kind of like um for a very broad example gettysburg or a civil war Mm -hmm. battlefield right where that very large rapid release of intense emotion um, and that's why some of those are so haunted. Yes, you have the death there on that field, but it was such an intense death at a very um, centralized moment in time. Uh, and that's why that that energy is still there. I think that's the same with a funeral parlor yeah. Yeah. or a funeral home. It's just there's so much negative, not negative in the sense of evil, but um, negative in the sense of sad and just that sense of loss and mourning. Yeah. I think it holds in that in that energy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Do you feel that the spirits that are the the spirits of the person that they're having a funeral for ever attends their own funeral. I would hope so. Yeah. Uh, I want to come back and watch mine. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that if, if you don't ascend immediately um, again, in, in my religious belief, I, I do think that there's an ascension that happens, but it's not right. It doesn't have to be immediately after you die. Yeah. Um, I think that if you're allowed to, or if your spirit is, is willing to reside here, uh, I do think you have the ability to see that, to see the loss, to see the impact that you had, that your life had. And um, so in, in my belief, I do think that you get to see that. Yeah. Yeah. I think part of it too, is that, you want to see who comes to your funeral, That's right. right? Like you want to see <laughs> yeah. who comes say goodbye. Exactly. And you're going to haunt those that don't. Who's right? mourning? Who's and what they mourning? say to you, you know, because a lot of times there's that personal, you know, you go up to the casket and you get to say your final mm-hmm. um, words of goodbye or whatever you want to get off. You Sometimes it's almost like a confession too. So mm-hmm. maybe those people stick around to, to, to see, you know, what is the final word to mm-hmm. me as before I ascend into or, or move on to whatever um, afterlife? Um, I've even heard that. Now, I don't know about this, but I've heard different psychics that tell me that when there's a funeral, they're at the end of the casket is where the white light is. I don't know if it's huh. true or not, but that's what I've heard, that it's the time where that soul can pass over when they have the funeral. Well, yeah. that's interesting. Yeah. I don't know if it's true or not. That's just something I heard. Well, you know. It'd be interesting. It'd be interesting to, to kind of see what the thought would be to ask that same psychic and what happens if somebody's cremated and they're yeah. really yeah. in a funeral or, um, you know, they're they're lost at sea or something mm-hmm. like that. And that's what I was so thinking. That's an interesting question. Um, but, uh, you know, for me, I, I, I would hope in my mind, I would hope that you would have the ability to see that. And uh, that's what I'm shooting for anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Because it was something I thought about and. It's like, okay, so when the funeral is over and they shut the casket, that spirit says, okay, goodbye, and walks into the light. You know, I don't know. You know, everybody has a different opinion about that. Mm -hmm. You know, like I Mm -hmm. often wonder, because I was there when my dad passed, what moment did his spirit leave his body, right? Like, Mm -hmm. is the physical body, like, is there a transition time or... You know, where do they go right at? Where do you go right after yeah. you pass away? Like if you're in a hospice, 
you know, you have nothing but death there. So are there a ton of spirits trapped there? Are there guides that come and, you know, wait for you? Is your family waiting for you on the other side? You know, is it, do they stick around with you until the funeral? You don't know. Yeah. Like, we'll never know. And that's why well, we investigate, right? We got to find these answers. Yeah, you know, I'll tell you a very personal story. Um, so my granddaddy died in 1986, and uh, he and my nana had been married for years, and so they were very close, very much in love. And so he died of a of a aneurysm in, in 1986. And my, my grandmother um, in 2016, she was 93 years old. Mm. I mean, spry. She was driving. She had two yeah. boyfriends that neither one knew about. Uh -huh. And so, I mean, Go Nana Betty. had it going on, right? Yeah. So, um, Love it. so about uh, in 2016, I had a dream that my granddaddy, uh, he came to me in this dream. It was the most vivid dream I've ever had in my uh -huh. life. And um, it was in a very specific spot in this house that they had lived in together. And it was up at, it was in the, in the, in a doorway into his office. And I, you know, I grew up, you know, going to this house. So I knew exactly where it was in this dream. And he looked at me and he said, uh, I'm waiting for your Nana. You're going to be getting a call soon. Oh. And then he walked away. Oh and gosh. so I was telling the parents about this and I said, you know, I, I'm, I just, I had this crazy dream. I, I've never dreamt, dreamt about granddaddy. And this was the first time. And uh, so about two weeks later, my Nana was in an accident. She fell, fell and broke her hip oh. and she ended up getting MRSA and never really recovered from that. So she was in hospice for about five, five weeks and just going kind of in and out of consciousness. Oh and, you know, during that time, she would tell us that she had seen granddaddy, that she and granddaddy danced while in the oh. hospice room and all of that. And so the day she passed, and with permission from my family, mm -hmm. uh, about three hours after she passed, I looked at Jenny and I said, I know where she's going. Yeah. She's going to the house where I had this in, in the dream. She's going to that house and she's going to meet up with granddaddy. So we went to the house. We had two K2 meters. I had a, I had a black one and Jenny had a gray one and we're standing, you know, about two feet apart and the power had been turned off in the house. So there's no, there's no power in there. And so I said, Nana, are you here? And the meter started going off. Oh. And I said, can you just go to the black one? Just the black one went off. I said, can you just go to the gray one? Just the gray one went off. I said, are you here with granddaddy? We got a positive confirmation of that. I said, are you okay? We got a positive confirmation of that. And so through this series of, of K2 session questions, I think we, we did communicate with Nana and granddaddy. Um, and then that, that he was waiting for her and they moved on together after that so because sweet. a week, a week later, a week later, we went back to the house, same two K2 meters, asking the exact same questions to validate, and we got nothing. There was no blip on either of those K2 wow. meters. We felt nothing. There was nothing there. Um, so that that's my belief as to what happened in that instance. So, you know, to kind of go back to your story, uh, you know, I don't think they're waiting around in the hospice room, per se. Um, I do think that there's loved ones, guides, perhaps, mm -hmm. that if ready to ascend and you have no unfinished business and there's nothing holding you here then you're going to move on yeah. at that point yeah what what an honor for you to be able to do that you know, mm -hmm. you know awesome. and was, yeah it was what, a really cool experience while you're telling me this or telling us a story i was thinking for one thing i was thinking leave it to a paranormal investigator to go i'm leaving right. <laughs> i'm going back to the house because i know where yeah. they're at <laughs> but most people in their grief wouldn't think think that mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, again, it was one of those things where this dream was so profound. I mean, mm -hmm. it was, I can tell you how his, he had drawstring pants on. I can tell you how the bow looked. Mm -hmm. I can tell you the pictures on the wall behind everything. I mean, yeah. it was the most vivid dream I've ever had in my life. Yeah. And, um, you know, 
it was one of those things that because I'm, I'm actually named after my Nana. We were so close. Aww. And um, it, it really was a sense of peace for me. Mm-hmm. It allowed me to say, OK, she's OK. She's with granddaddy and they've moved on. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Like, I had a dream after my dad died, but it was a while after. But I could feel him, like, touching my shoulders. Like, like, you know, you could physically feel it. I, I'm like, I, he was walking in the door, and he was like, I knew he was in heaven, but he came back. And I was like, you're here. And he just grabbed my shoulders, and he's like, where's your mother? <laughs> he was, like, <laughs> looking for mom. I'm like, she's over there. But, um, no, you know, that that's really profound that, you know, our loved ones come to us in dreams either to say goodbye or, or, and it's almost, you know, it is for me like a physical feeling. I could feel him touching my shoulders, you know, like, mm-hmm. like, Hey, um, yeah. but yeah, that's, that's incredible that uh, you had such a vivid dream. Yeah. It was pretty interesting. Yeah. yeah the only dream I ever had of dad mm-hmm. was I was, I remember coming in my dream, I'm walking in mom and dad's living room and dad's just sitting in the chair. I'm like, it was like no big deal. He's just there. Just like normal. Yeah. You know, I didn't look at him and go, you're dead or anything like that. Yeah. You know, like I did with Jackie the first time I had a dream about Jackie. I'm looking at him like, last time I saw you, you were dead. Oh God. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That's nice dream. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that, that's really interesting. Um, tell us a little bit about some of the other active locations that you've been to because you've been to some very famous places the list that goes on i know i'm so jealous (laughs) (laughs) well you know we have been very fortunate you know we we just kind of really felt that if we were going to do this we wanted Mm -hmm. to really build that portfolio and go to some of these places and we've been fortunate enough to do that um you know i know joe you you want to have miranda and i on to talk about the lizzie borden house that was extremely interesting to us um the Velisca axe murder house again extremely interesting that's the place i want to go yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's it's a very cool place, and that's one of the places where you kind of walk in, kind of like a funeral home. You know, mm-hmm. you walk in, and, and you just kind of feel the the walls that mm-hmm. that they have that energy in them, and it's it's uh, one of those things that just kind of permeates the space. Um, you know, one of the most interesting investigations that we've actually been able to be a part of was the Ma Barker House in Central Florida. Mm-hmm. We've been the first, and to date, the only team to investigate that location. Wow. And this this location. It's it's it was interesting because it was like a perfect case study for paranormal investigators, right? Because we had complete control of the environment. It has no power. It has no water. It sits on about 40 acres of vastness in central Florida. Wow. So there's no air pollution, no light pollution or noise pollution or anything like that that yeah i mean you need a four-wheel drive vehicle to get back into it there's a gate that's around it so we knew that was locked and so we captured some things that we couldn't explain you know we we heard footsteps um we heard something like a chair being pulled across uh we were capturing because the first we, we did actually a two-part investigation there and for those that don't know this was the site of the 1935 shootout between ma barker and her son freddie and the members of the fbi who mm-hmm. were coming to to capture them because ma and fred barker were members of the Barker Carpus gang, the, one of the most prolific games, gangs of the 1920s. So they had this shootout and Ma and Fred were killed in the house. Mm-hmm. So when we, we did this two-part investigation, the first night we set up stationary equipment that we just left to run during the night and we locked the door and we left. Mm-hmm. So again, we knew that nobody could approach the house. It was completely silent. Um, we actually pre-recorded questions and we pushed play on those and then locked the door and let those run. That's such and then a the voice great record. idea. That's it is amazing. a really cool idea. Yeah. That is cool. Uh, 
Yeah, it was a really cool idea because we wanted to see kind of how um, it would play out to have questions being asked to Ma and Fred, but yet nobody in the house. So um, that was a very interesting idea, and I'm, I'm, I'm glad we did that. But uh, one of the cameras that we had up was in the kill room where they found Ma and Fred's body. And we did this investigation on the anniversary of the shootout. Oh, so the shootout happened wow. on January 16th, 1935, and we left our equipment in there January 15th but it ran until the morning of January 16th to encompass those hours of the shootout. And um, at about 5.30 in the morning, which is when the shootout was said to have started, um, our voice recorder in that room captured two EVPs. The first one said, Freddie. The second one said, yeah, Ma. And the first one said, get ready, which I think was, yeah, I think that was a residual. Incredible. I think, yeah, I think it was a residual haunting of what they actually said before the shootout occurred. And um, so then we went back two weeks later and it was just Jenny and I in the house at that point. And um, we were actually using the spirit box and I, we were we're up in that room and you know, the spirit box is going through these frequencies. And I said, what happened in this room? And through the spirit box, it said, they murdered us. We the ones dead just like that wow. this full this full phrase and you can actually hear the the frequency change behind the phrase oh, okay. so it's saying they murdered us we the ones dead and yet you still hear the frequencies going behind it so that was extremely compelling and and one of the reasons why i I do have a belief in the in the spirit box. You know, like mm-hmm. I said before, it is a controversial tool, but for us, I can't explain this full phrase yeah. coming through at that time. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, so, yeah, the Ma Barker House was a great one. Um, uh, the old Gilcrest County Jail in Trenton, Florida. Um, I actually investigated there with Miranda from Ghost Biker Explorations. And, you know, similar to the Ma Barker House, this was a location that I would say was one of the purest investigations because everything that we had running that night was validating everything else we were capturing stick figures on the sls we were capturing um words through the spirit box we captured voices on the voice recorder we were hearing voices in the moment we were seeing shadow figures our cameras caught shadow figures um and it was our, our obelisk was going off the rem pod was going off even though there's no power in the in the in the establishment so it was just a great investigation wow. for us. So I'd say that was probably one of the most active investigations that uh, we've ever been a part of. How big was that jail? It's a very small jail. Oh, okay. um, it, it has, yeah, it's a small footprint. It has uh, four cells on the bottom, and then there's a small upstairs. It has four cells on the upstairs, and then it has a small jailer's cottage that's connected via a doorway. Okay. And um, but it, you know, for as small as it is in size, uh, paranormally speaking, it packed a really big punch. Wow. Um, just because, like I said, everything that night was was just validating everything else, and it was just one of the. We actually thought it was going to be a sleeper um, investigation Um, Miranda was actually down there filming and we had done that was our fifth investigation in six days and so (laughs) we had actually booked it because it was on her her way back up to Tennessee Mm -hmm. and uh, right outside of Gainesville Florida and I I said let's just book this little place that's supposed to be pretty good and she said all right let's just do it and we just thought you know if we catch anything great Mm -hmm. um, but we walked there and it was like boom 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 um one of the interesting things was um we both carry handguns and Mm -hmm. so in this location you definitely needed it because it's in the not so great part of the the county and so the first like hour we were in there 
and it was really kind of quiet. And Miranda said, I wonder if they think we're law enforcement because we have our guns on. And uh, so she said, why don't we just try taking our guns off and see what happens? So I, I take my gun off and I put it on a cot in the cell. And as Miranda's taking hers off, she's putting it down. And she said, I'm putting it down nice and easy. And right behind us, a guy's voice said, good. And there's nobody, there's nobody else in there. And after that, I'm telling you, the night was on. It was, like I said, it's, it was probably one of the coolest investigations I've been wow. a part of. To audibly hear yeah. somebody behind. Yeah. Oh, man. Now, did you Woo! get, um, I didn't, I, good stuff. sorry, I don't remember, but did you get that on video? Yes, yes, it's okay. on video. And it's available on your website? Yeah, yeah, okay. it's, a, it's cool. on Soul Sisters under the old Gilchrist County Jail. Okay, yeah, I didn't, wasn't sure if you had that up there or not. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's it's so amazing to go into a place. Like, I just experienced that a couple weeks ago. We went into a place and we were like, I know this place is not haunted. You know, it's all a mm-hmm. hype and all that. And it was one of the most active places, <laughs> you know. <laughs> when you least expect it. That's yeah. right. Right. That's why I always say the second you get out of your car, hit that record button. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. You know, kind of, kind of along those same veins when we were in the Lizzie Borden house, you know, we, we were setting up all of our equipment. We hadn't really officially started the investigation yet. So we were leaving things around. So Jenny and Michelle had the the task of setting stuff down up in the parlor. Marina and I were upstairs doing our setup up there. And so Jenny and Michelle were just talking and you can see it on camera. Um, the voice recorder was sitting on one side of the parlor. Jenny and Michelle had just put it down and uh, they were just talking. And uh, you hear a guy's voice right behind Jenny saying, standing right here next to you. Wow. And again, no men there. And then um, a- about 15 minutes later, Kara came into the room and Jenny and Kara were just sitting there talking between each other and um, they were discussing the differences between the Velisca Axe murder house and the Lizzie Borden house. So they were just kind of talking and Kara just happens to say either way, that would be a horrible way to die. And we captured a man's voice saying it was. And <laughs> again, so you always Amazing. have to keep that voice recorder going. So yeah. we've had yeah. some very interesting experiences. That's incredible. Yep. You always got to record. Always. There's so many times where we were just down in Butler, Tennessee, and we went to a little tiny graveyard. Pennsylvania. Uh, Pennsylvania, sorry. You know, we were down <laughs> south. And uh, we went to this little graveyard, not thinking anything, and we got a lot of activity there. And it was the same thing. It's like, why weren't we recording? I think we were just so excited to be out <laughs> ghost hunting, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. So it is a lot of fun. We, we've, like I said, we've been doing this for 2000 since 2013. And um, it's one of those things where, you know, I never dreamed it, it would, it would become as big as it has for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we just kind of put these, these videos out for our family and to kind of show the history of these locations that we've gone to. But, you know, we've been very fortunate enough to make such great friends, such as Miranda and yourselves, mm-hmm. um, you know, have some great fans such mm-hmm. as, you know, Janet Alms and, and Robin Cantor. I know you both are listening. So thank you. So it, it just one of those things where it, we never really expected it to be this, but I can't imagine it being anything else. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really excited about what we do. Well, we look forward to um, at some point this summer or this fall meet, meeting up with you and your team, and maybe we can go somewhere spooky and yeah. investigate. It's not exciting. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Well, if y'all are down from Mississippi, we can definitely go to Mississippi and, yes. and visit the funeral home. Yeah, yeah. that'd be fun. Oh, I'm in. All right, let's Sign do it. <laughs> All right, great. All right, well, we're on our way. Great. Yeah. So if anybody wanted to check out your videos or your website, could you give them the email address or the um, link to the website? 
Sure. It's www.soulsistersparanormal.com. We're also very active on Facebook under Soul Sisters Paranormal. And our YouTube channel is under Soul Sisters Paranormal okay. as well. Amazing. And do, just one last question before we let sure. you go. Do you do any residential help of residential um, people if they are having any issues or trouble in their home with the spirit? A we do. Haunting? So. We do. So residentials and businesses as well. Okay. Um, again, it, it does come down to logistics. You know, we've had people mm-hmm. from the Bahamas and the Philippines ask us to come. And, you know, that, that's really kind of outside sure, our fly scope. Us in, uh, yeah. Fly us in, right? <laughs> but, uh, you know, if it's in the realm of possibility, sure. logistically wise, mm-hmm. uh, if that's even a phrase, um, yeah, we'll absolutely help Great. with residential and business investigations. Well, that's wonderful. You know, Chris, we really, really appreciate you uh, taking time out of your busy schedule to come on uh, the podcast and wishing all the best and and great luck in your next investigations. And we definitely got to meet up sometime this summer and hang out and and do some really great investigating. And yeah, let's make that happen. Yeah, I think we're going to see you in July, maybe Mm -hmm. if you come up. And yes, uh, Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> I was just, great. I'll, I'll be doing management duty at that point. That's so fine. I'll be working with Ghost Biker Explorations, who everybody stick around and watch uh, the Ghost Biker Garage after this. Yeah, yeah that's why we got to kick you off here because yeah. you're, you've got to. Been kicked out of better places than this, right? You got to go to the other. I think you, what, you're going to the other hotel room to do the other video. But. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, Miranda's got a great guest tonight. His name is David Flowers um, from the Magnolia Hotel. Oh, and uh, so I, I may be making a cameo appearance to talk about some other things, but she actually does have a great guest lined up so i'm just here as, as moral support right now uh, awesome all right well thank you thank, thank you. you thank you it's Appreciate so you. good to see you and it's great to talk to you and Absolutely. let's do it again yeah and, and, and thank you both for your support it's 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 uh, just amazing to have friends like you guys great thanks all right and we'd like to thank everyone for listening this week and like we always say please 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 get up there on our website we have t-shirts for sale we have all kinds support of merchandise Support the show any way you can, even if it's just telling a friend. But anyhow, let's leave with some Dead End 5. Goodbye, everyone. Shattered faces. Very music. And you looked at me with your displays eyes, but you know the truth. But you never understood. Even kid never heard a word. What I said. Shattered faces. Rip the grave. Shattered faces. Not the.